Rick, 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 what are you doing today? I saw this illustration and I wanted to try it out for myself and a thousand things can probably go wrong. And with me, it probably will. So, but I wanted to start it off with this this morning and, and lead into what I'm going to talk about here in a little bit and kind of goes along with Pursue and our altar song later that I'm going to talk about the Holy Spirit this morning. And uh, how many remember when you first got saved? What a feeling it was, how great it was, how clean you felt, just like represented by, I okayed all this with Carlin, as long as I don't throw it on anything. It's what we look like when we were saved, right? First saved, look at that. Hey, it's tap water. But we're clean. Jesus takes us and cleans us, washes us, gets those sins out of there. We're living for him, right? living for him. We feel great. We can conquer the world. But after this happens, our circumstances haven't really changed outside of what we just accepted. We accepted Jesus, but our circumstances around us and in the world that we head back into haven't really changed for us yet, right? So those circumstances can sometimes take away that joy and that Holy Spirit that's dwelling inside of us and start filling us up with things that God doesn't really want there. We start out like this when we're saved, but then we go back out into the world and we're hit with things again. We come back to reality. So maybe for you, a little lemon juice here. Yes, honey, I took things from home, so. <laughs> maybe you struggle with bitterness, a little unforgiveness. You can't, just, you can't just shake that. It's still a part of you. Now it's in your cup. You know, that God, it's in, your, it's in your soul, it's in your body now. It's something that you just have a hard time with, the bitterness and unforgiveness. Maybe you're a little bit of self-righteous. You know, we look like water, but this is vinegar. We look good on the outside to everybody, but really we stink, and I hate vinegar. But on the outside, we put on a good front for everybody, like we've got everything figured out, we're great, just like that water look, but really we stink, and we know that. Maybe, let me get some of this. Bear with me. We'll let this red flavored water represent anger. We can't get over the anger that's in our life. It has a hold on us. Just can't let that go. It's still a problem for me. Or maybe the jealousy and envy of other people. Throw a little pickle juice in here. Green with envy. Or maybe it's a, some kind of addiction that you can't seem to shake. It goes in here. Can't shake that addiction. Or maybe it's a dark thing that nobody really knows about. You struggle with pornography, adultery, lust. We've got all this in our life. And here we are, ready to serve Jesus. I'm ready to conquer the world. God, what do you want me to do? How can I serve you? We've still got all this stuff, not allowing the Holy Spirit to flow through us. Instead, we've got all this stuff that we're still hanging on to, that we've went back out into reality and realized, man, I, I gotta lay this stuff down if I want the Holy Spirit to be able to flow through me and to dwell inside me and to come out of me. How do we do that? 
How do we do that? How do we get that feeling we had when we first were saved and, and we feel like we can conquer the world, we can go up against anybody? I've talked about this the last couple times I've been up here, is we have to be constantly filled with the Holy Spirit. Constantly. Every single day we got to die to ourselves and say, Lord, fill me up today. I'm ready for whatever's coming my way. I'm ready for whatever I got to battle. Fill me up. And he does. And he fills us up with his Holy Spirit. And that Holy Spirit keeps flowing out of us and overflowing. If we keep asking for it, he keeps filling us up. And pretty soon, you notice that all that stuff that you were hanging on to, all the bitterness, the anger, the deep sins, things that are going on in your life are gone. In Jesus' name. And his Holy Spirit is the only thing that flows through you. I didn't even need all these other five gallons. (laughs) And that's all you see. And that's all that comes out is his Holy Spirit flowing in you. And people see that. If we were still stuck with all the junk in our, in our life and in our spiritual life, and we go out there and try to minister, what are people going to say? I don't see anything different than you, than you than what is in me right now. We have to look clear. We have to look clean. We have to let that Holy Spirit flow out of us every single day. I didn't need all that stuff. So that leads me to what I want to talk about this morning with the Holy Spirit. And it is, are you a temple or are you a tomb? Are you a temple or are you a tomb? You guys are looking at Ezekiel 47. Are you a temple or a tomb? And again, we want to talk about going deeper in the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's the one that's been stirring up some stuff around here the last month or so. And those of us that are submitting to it and walking in that, he's stirring something inside of us also. Those of you that are not, what are you waiting on? Get on board. Ezekiel 47 in the first verse here. Everybody there? Then he brought me back to the door of the temple, and there was water flowing from under the threshold of the temple toward the east, for the front of the temple faced east. The water was flowing from under the right side of the temple, south of the altar. I want to bring something out right off the bat. The water is symbolic of what here? Anybody? Holy Spirit. The water is symbolic of the Holy Spirit here. And it was flowing from the temple. So for the record, if you did not know, we are the temple that the Holy Spirit flows from. We are that temple. We shouldn't be reduced to being tombs. We are temples of the Holy Spirit. Okay? We are the temple. Say, I am the temple. I am the temple. temple. All right. The water flows from the temple. The Holy Spirit flows from the temple, which is us. Now, the other side of this, tombs. What are tombs? They have to do with things that are dead, things that are buried, things that have darkness, doom and gloom. But the Holy Spirit, he flows from the temple, not the tomb. What's the difference between the two? The temple is a place that is hosting or housing the living presence of God, amen? It houses that inside of us. We house that, the living presence of God, the Holy Spirit. The tomb is a place that's holding something that used to be alive, 
It's alive no more. Used to be alive, but it's alive no more. And it's no wonder Jesus told the religious people in Matthew 23, 27, he says, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are like whitewashed tombs, which indeed appear beautiful outwardly, but inside are full of dead man's bones and all uncleanliness. Verse 28, even so you also outwardly appear righteous to men, but inside you are full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. This was not to the unchurched people. This was to the churched people that he's talking to. He used the name for these people as whitewashed tombs. What he meant by this was that you only have a memory of what God used to do. You only have that memory. You're a whitewashed tomb. You have a memory of what God used to do in your life. You criticize what God is doing today and you're busy whitewashing yourself. He said the spirit of God and the move of God is not active in your life and because it's not active, you only have a past memory of the things that God did. Whitewashed. You keep washing your outside acts, trying to impress other people with your external righteousness. And this can point back at me, your Facebook posts, your Facebook scriptures, you're raising your hands, but everybody knows inside that you're empty. You're empty. For a while, that's how I was operating. Looked good on the outside, but that Holy Spirit wasn't flowing from the inside. And it's easy to put up stuff like that to make people think, right? We do it. Everything's great, but inside, we're empty. Water comes from the temple. That means you have to honor the Holy Spirit. Not just yesterday's Holy Spirit, but today's. Otherwise, you and I are in danger as Christians if we're not honoring the Holy Spirit. We're in danger. The world's not in danger of this. It's us as Christians. We're in danger of this. In danger of becoming a tomb that houses only things that are dead. Now tombs, these things can still mean a lot to you. Things that you experienced in your past can mean a lot to you. Or if we've had a loved one, we go and visit their tombstone and their graveside. You know, we take flowers over to it. We lay them on there and we remember the good things about them. The memories we have of them, right? But we know the whole time we're doing this, nothing alive is going to come out of that tomb. Nothing alive is going to come out of that tomb. For many Christians, it's exactly how it is. We look at the Bible and say, oh, this is so good. This, this is so good. Moses, you know, part in the Red Sea, the, the Holy Spirit in the upper room, um, supplying manna from heaven. All this stuff is good and it's wonderful. And we just sit there and put our flowers on top of it and just remember it. It's not alive. It's not flowing from us. This book is a book of life. I mean, it's, it's what gives us life. It's our guidebook to, to whatever we do, whatever direction we go in life. It has our answers. We can't treat it like it's something that's not alive. God's saying, I don't want you to be a tomb. You're the temple of the Holy Spirit. It means that God who was doing things in that book is the same God that's doing things today or trying to do things in your life. It's the same God. He wants to flow out of us, wants to flow out of you, wants to flow out of me. Amen? He wants to flow. 
He wants to flow out of us and be alive. When the Pharisees criticized Jesus for the miracles he did, he called them evil and adulterous generation. Now, my definition of evil would be, you can just think of a lot of things. Evil could be, maybe it's somebody that's a molester or a murderer or a drunkard or whatever, you know, a drug dealer. Evil, that's what comes to my mind, but that's not what he was talking about here. The Pharisees didn't do any of this stuff, but he called them these names. And what they had was a deep obsession with the past and deep hatred for God's present in the present. His presence in the present is what they had a deep hatred for. They liked what he did before, but all of a sudden they didn't like it anymore. Because God's presence was within a few feet of them. It was right here and they hated it with a passion while they worshiped what he was doing before. And he said to them, you guys are evil. You guys don't appreciate and don't see God move today because you only love what God did yesterday. You only love what he did in the past in your life. You're not seeking him today and being active in that. And then he used the word adulterous. You guys are adulterous. You're evil and adulterous. In other words, you're cheating on your present by having an affair with your past. Cheating on your present by having an affair with your past. Just thinking about the good old days, how it was back then. And again, God is still the same today. Holy Spirit still wants to move the same today. They were not adulterous morally. They were adulterous spiritually. It's kind of like this. Your past is something you could kind of, you should just kind of glance at. Just glance at it. It's your past. It was there. Glance at it. But the Holy Spirit is something you gaze upon. You fix your eyes on. It's like when you're driving, the front windshield's real big, right? So you can see around. Rear view mirror's real small. But some of us in here, we're looking through that small lens of life. And we're looking at, oh, I love this president. I hate this president. The North Korean stuff going on. The natural disasters going on. All this stuff going on in the world. Everything's terrible. And we're looking through this little bitty lens of life. And if we're not careful ourselves, we're being adulterous. Fixed in on that stuff instead of what the Holy Spirit has for us. Adulterous generation. But again, that's not what God has called us to. He's not called us to focus on all the issues and all the problems that are going on. And having these little disagreements and arguments over all that stuff. He's calling us to focus on his Holy Spirit that wants to flow out of us as Christians. Amen? He wants us to focus on that. He's called us to be a hungry generation. A generation of Jacob that seeks God's face. And not just what he did in the past, but the God of today and tomorrow. We're a temple. Don't cheat on your present. Don't cheat on your future by becoming too overly obsessed with your past. God didn't give us this book the Bible, so that we could just bring the flowers here and remember the good old days where God was moving. When he met Moses, he didn't say, I'm the God of Abraham, Jacob, and Isaac, and all these things in the past, and I'm stuck there. When he asked him who he was, he said, I am that I am. I am present. I am moving right now. I'm wanting to do a work right now. Wherever you go, I'm there. 
He's not just the God of yesterday and the days of old. Jesus is the God of today, and he's the God of yesterday, today, and forever. And that tells me as a temple, I have to host something that is alive. Not something that happened to me 20 years ago, not something that happened to me five years ago, not something that happened at Winterfest in Branson three, four weeks ago. I have to host something that's alive now, every day in my life. Otherwise, I'm in danger of becoming a tomb that only has dead man's bones. If your greatest days as a Christian happened when Billy Graham was alive, who just passed away recently, during his heyday, if that's your greatest days as a Christian, if your greatest days as a Christian were when your grandma and grandpa took you to church and you saw all these great things happening in church, or maybe it was when you went to Winterfest three or four weeks ago, that was the greatest day that was the greatest time in the Lord that I've ever had, then you're in danger of becoming a tomb instead of a temple. Maybe you're already a tomb and not that temple that he's flowing through. Again, a temple means that the best is living inside you. It's brewing inside, it's bubbling inside, it's happening right now. Not 10 years ago. Not three, I can't live off of something that happened to me three or four weeks ago and expect that to sustain my walk with the Lord. Every day, I need to be filled up. Again, he lives in, our, in the temple. He lives in us. Doesn't reside in the tomb. Don't settle for God, where God used to be. We need to be hungry for where he is now. Where he's active now. Not where he used to be. God spoke to Abraham and said, Abraham, I want you to sacrifice your son. Now, if Abraham would have listened, he did listen, but if he would have just stuck with that word right there that God said to him right at that moment, three days later, if it had been us and God said, do something, three days later, we would have done it and pow, he'd be dead. But he continued to listen for the Holy Spirit. He obeyed and he continued to listen. And when he got up there on the mountain, God said, stop. And he heard the Holy Spirit. Because he was one with the Holy Spirit. It was flowing out of him. He knew that was God speaking. Faith comes by hearing, correct? Not having heard. Like I said, we would have killed him. Because we heard, we had heard from the Lord. But it comes by hearing constantly. That Holy Spirit speaking to you constantly. The Bible tells us man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds, not proceeded, proceeds. He's constantly speaking, constantly talking to us, constantly putting things in us. He's alive. Just because America is not where things used to be spiritually, that does not mean that God has packed his bags and is waiting in heaven up there. He's just like, oh, I wonder how much more pain and suffering and, and heartache they can go through so I could just pour out my wrath on everybody. It's not what he's up there doing. He's still active on the earth today. We've seen that. He's stirring something up. He's still active. He's not dead. He's alive. Sometimes when he's not active, talked about in the scripture in the synagogue, he's still active across the street or across the ocean in another synagogue, and we don't like it, or a church. We want to criticize a move of God or nitpick at it or, oh, 
mean, even with our youth group, oh, those kids are still messing up. They ain't really getting anything from God. Or across the oceans, why do they have to walk? I mean, I don't understand why they walk for miles and miles to be at a revival. I don't understand why they sing and worship for three or four hours. That's just, what are they doing? And we criticize where God's moving. Just because he doesn't move here like we think he should doesn't mean he's not moving somewhere else. Some people want to say God isn't moving in America. But again, if we'll stop criticizing, critiquing other places, push our pride down a little bit, stop worshiping our past and step out and realize the greatest move of God was happening outside of the synagogue while the Pharisees were worshiping Moses. It was happening right in front of them while they're worshiping Moses. God's moving right across the street. We're in danger of criticizing what God is doing today because we're still worshiping what he did yesterday. I've been at this church almost three years. I'll be sensitive here, but I hear a lot about what God used to do. Just being honest. I wasn't around here for all the growth, everything happening. And I love, I love you guys. I do. But I hear a lot about what used to happen. What used to go on. God's not changed. Holy Spirit's not changed. That only leaves one other person. Just pointing back at myself. I'm the one that's not letting the Holy Spirit flow through me. I'm the one that's not letting God do what he wants to do because I don't want to pay that sacrifice. I was reading on, uh, this guy's crazy, crazy good, but I was reading on Smith Wigglesworth. Anybody familiar with him? Man, that guy, I've just started reading a little bit on him, but he was intense. But the Holy Spirit was flowing through him like crazy. I mean, mighty things were happening in his life. And he was seeing things, miracles happen right and left. I think it said he raised almost around 30 people from the dead. Are you kidding me? That's being one with the Holy Spirit. Seeing all kinds of things happening in his ministry because he's one with the Holy Spirit. Wanted to do exactly what the Holy Spirit wanted him to do and flow in that. I read a story that he had a couple in his church and uh, they had a friend that passed away. <laughs> it's crazy. But they asked him, the, the visitation kind of was in, in a home inside of a house in this dining room area with some double doors, like French doors in front of it. But they asked him if he'd swing by the house and just, you know, visit, because I guess the person didn't go to church anywhere. So he went by there. They said he walked in, didn't speak to anybody, went straight to those double doors, opened it up where the coffin was in there with the body, and went right to the body. And they're all kind of watching him, and he takes the body out. And slams it against the wall and says, in Jesus' name, you will live. <laughs> really? You're thinking, well, you're telling a good story, so you probably lived. The body collapsed on the floor. Just fell on the floor after he did this. He picks it up again, slams it against the wall. In Jesus' name, you will live. They said the body fell again. 
by this time, they're going to be thinking, what is he doing? We just asked him to come out here and help people out and maybe pray with somebody. So the third time they say he picks the body up, slams it against the wall, in Jesus' name you will live. And the body comes to life. He walks out of that dining room area with the body, or side by side, and they're walking along and the body's alive. If that happened today, we'd say he's crazy. We would. We would criticize that and say, what a, what a lunatic. Something's fishy about that. That's weird. He was operating in the Holy Spirit, that close to the Holy Spirit, to hear things like, get that body and pick it up, we're going to raise it to life. I'm not suggesting anybody go out and do that, all right? <laughs> Unless you're really, you're close, Okay. Again, we'd say something seems fishy about that. We'd probably throw him out of the church if he came in here and did that. Just being honest. That's craziness. But God was moving in him. He operated in that power every single day. It's easy to love things that are dead and hate things that are alive. Sometimes we like to tell ourselves that we've got God figured out. I got him figured out. I know exactly how God wants to move. I've heard that a lot. No man can understand the depths of God. Are you serious? He can move however he wants to move. We're never going to have that figured out. And sometimes we'll say when God moves, isn't moving in our church, well, we know why. We know why. We got it all figured out. We know why he's not moving. But then we look around the world and he's moving in other places. He's at work in other places. The Holy Spirit's going. I found this quote, it says, when you settle for where God used to be instead of being hungry for who God is, you'll always criticize where God is moving. When you settle for where God used to be instead of being hungry for who God is, you'll always criticize where God is moving. So the first thing I talked about here is the Holy Spirit flows from the temple. We are that temple where the Holy Spirit resides inside of us. As soon as we accepted Christ, there he is. Okay? Okay? Don't settle for who God used to be. Be hungry for a move today and every day so we don't miss out on what he has for us. Every time we come into this church, Holy Spirit should be moving. I don't want to come in here and just feel good and hear some great songs and great music and a great message and walk out the same. I want to see God calling people up here to the altar because they feel the Holy Spirit drawing them in and getting saved. I want to see people rededicating their life. I want to see miracles happen up here. I want to see people walk in sick and go out healed. That's up to us. Let that Holy Spirit operate in us. The second thing I want to talk about in the scriptures, verse 2 of Ezekiel 47. I'm going to wrap up here. He brought me out by the way of the north gate and led me around on the outside or to the outer gateway that faces east. And there was water running out on the right side. Running out on the right side. In the first verse we read, it was about the temple. The water, the Holy Spirit flowed from the temple. The second thing here is the Holy Spirit is running, is a running river. It's not a reservoir. He's not a pond. He's not a lake. He is a running river. What do ponds do? They squash out life. Okay? They squash out the life. Holy Spirit's a running river. Rivers promote life. They flow. They don't get stuck or stagnant. They're boisterous. They're constantly moving. 
The Holy Spirit's constantly moving, whether we feel that or not. He's constantly moving. He's not a staying spirit. And by that, I'm not saying he doesn't stay in us. He does stay in us, but he's always on the move. He's always active. He's not a well. We're the well, and he springs up out of us. The river. Holy Spirit is not someone that gets settled too quickly. He's a running river, running water. Some, sometimes we, say, we see moves or waves of God, just like it's happening in the youth. We see that, and we ride that for a little while. We're riding, we got the Holy Spirit. We're seeing this great move of God. And then all of a sudden, you know, we're seeing people come up and get saved every week. And we're like, yeah, 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 it's awesome. We're riding this. Let's go. And after two or three months, what happens? It kind of fades out. Why does it fade out? Did the Holy Spirit change? Nope. Did he say, oh, man, that was so good at Orchardville for those three months or four months or for those two years. I'm just going to take a break now because I am tired. I'm the Holy Spirit and I'm tired. No. He didn't say that either. That falls on us. That falls on us. We get tired. We get complacent. We get comfortable. We just come in and show up and walk out. Holy Spirit doesn't get tired. Always flowing, always running river, always going, always active. That's why Moses was so amazed when he saw a bush that wouldn't burn out. Again, you and I burn out, but the Holy Spirit never burns out. Never burns out. Constantly running. The Bible tells us that the kingdom of God is forcefully advancing forcefully advancing, always running, always moving, always doing something. And all through the years, whether it was communism, atheism, Judaism, whatever it is, okay, there's all kinds of them, whatever it was, they couldn't stop the move of God. It doesn't matter what they try to do, what they try to stop, it doesn't stop the Holy Spirit. He's not going to stop. It's a constant river. Try to put a tree up, he'll go right around it. Try to put something up or stand up against it, he'll go right through it and over it. It doesn't matter, the Holy Spirit's gonna keep moving. Always advancing. Jesus said since the day of John the Baptist, the kingdom of God is forcefully advancing. The Holy Spirit doesn't say, oh, such and such president doesn't like me, so-and-so doesn't like me, so I'm just gonna stay quiet for a while. It doesn't work like that. Stalin, Hitler, all these different leaders that tried to shut the Christians up. They ain't stopping it. God's going to keep moving. The Holy Spirit's going to keep moving. Always advancing, always moving forward, always taking ground. Nothing's been able to stop the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, my father has been working and I'm working too. But the Pharisees experienced 400 years of dead silence. The praise team will come up. 400 years of dead silence. They experienced that silence. God wasn't silent. God was still working, still moving, still orchestrating things. So if I'm not seeing God work in my life, and again, I've self-evaluated myself, if I'm not seeing that in my life, that's my fault. That is my fault. That is on me. Because the Holy Spirit doesn't stop. He should be flowing out of me and it should be that river that's continuing on, taking ground and moving in my life. 
He never dries up. Never gets tired. The Holy Spirit's not something that has to be plugged in and recharged. It's like the sun. It's always burning, always going. Always going. If I have a pond in my life, it's because at one time I stepped into that river of the Holy Spirit, just took a little bit out, and over time that's dried up. That's dried up inside of me because I haven't stayed in that river of the Holy Spirit. That's always moving, always going. I chose to just take a little bit and hang on to that for years and years. We can't live off the yesterday. The experience we had yesterday or five years ago or 20 years ago, every day, every day be filled. The Holy Spirit should constantly give me passion when I wake up in the morning. Should constantly give me purpose as I rise out of bed. What are you gonna do in me today, Lord? Who are you gonna show that needs help today, Lord? Who can I minister to today, Lord? What are you gonna do supernaturally in my life today, Lord? When's the last time we woke up and asked God all that? Or is it, oh, it's another day, another day. Holy Spirit dwelling inside you, always active. It's up to us to get that closeness with the Holy Spirit. We can see miracles happen in these altars. We've seen miracles happen in these altars. We can see that every week. If we bring that in with us. Every day this, this week, Rick, I woke up, I was just getting in the presence of the Holy Spirit and letting him just flood over me so I could be pouring into others. What if everybody came in like that every Sunday? be Smith Wigglesworth going around here, right? Jesus tells us that the church he is building will withstand anything. The gates of hell will not prevail against it, forcefully advancing. If I'm dry, if I'm dead, that's on me. That's on you. God's calling us to be alive, to be alive in him, to be alive in him. Let that Holy Spirit flow. So are you a temple this morning? Or are you a tomb? It's just housing dead things that happened a long time ago, but you need a fresh touch of the Holy Spirit in your life this morning. And that's my altar call this morning. If, if you need that fresh touch, you need to feel the Holy Spirit again. You need to get that river flowing again in your life, in your heart. I'm gonna ask you to come and I wanna pray with you. I'm tired of coming to church just to come to church. I want to see God move in mighty ways. I want my kids to see God move in mighty ways. I want my son and my daughter to move, see God move. Oh my goodness. But then they won't live off that. They'll remember that, but they'll want that in their own life. I want God to be alive in my life like that. You guys will stand. Father, we thank you and we praise you, Lord. Lord, we need a touch of your Holy Spirit. Not just from seven days ago, not from six years ago. Father, we need a touch right now from you. Lord, and I'm asking right now as our hearts are preparing to be receiving from you, God, that you just start to work on us. 
Let us know, Father, if what's inside of us has turned into a pond or if it's that river of life, that river that's always moving, always going, always advancing. Lord, and if it's not, as we examine our hearts, I pray right now, Father, that you call these people forward. Call them forward that need a fresh touch of the Holy Spirit in their life, God. Bring that fire back inside them, God. Lord, let them wake up each day energized and ready to serve. Just asking for a touch this morning, Holy Spirit. As they sing.